0: First of all, hallelujah! It is, it's his 4th and 26. McNabb is back. He's looking. He is firing, and it is caught by Benny Mitchell. And the Zartic fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Edwards. The I don't believe it. I do not believe it. Jackson takes it at the 35. Picks it up. Looks for running well. He's at the 40. He's at the 40. Let's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of sundays for the birds uh we are back to you live here tonight this week after some minor technical difficulties last week uh from what i understand we sounded like a couple of cyborgs uh that's my bad but we're running a new setup here this week we are ready to go and bring you all the birds content that you've been waiting for Uh, Tonight, we're going to go over the Eagles backfield. We'll go over the schedule. We'll do the time-honored tradition of wins and losses all the way down the schedule. And I cannot go any further without introducing us. You all know I am the mayor of John Street and joined by my co-host, the one and only Kyle Not-So-Sharp. What's going on, brother? I'm doing good. Ready to dive into another episode. And yeah, let me tell you. Cyborgs
1: are taking over sooner than you think. Yeah, so that, that might not have been us. I'm just saying. But either way, I'm ready to dive into this. Break down the schedule. I think we had a friendly bet on uh, who
0: had the uh, closer wins to the record, right? Uh yeah, we were definitely going to do that. Um, but before we dive into the schedule, I think uh, I think it's high time we discuss the backfield. I know this is something that you really wanted to talk about, so let's dive into it here. We got backfield banter. So. Obviously, it's a little bit more of a crowded backfield than we expected going into the draft, obviously coming out with DeAndre Swift. And it begs the question, you know, who's your number one? Is it going to be DeAndre Swift? Is it going to be, you know, Rashad Penny? Uh, You know, what's kind of that backfield look like? And, uh, Kyle, I guess I'll start by asking you, uh, who's your week one starter?
1: My week one starter is going to be Rashad Penny. I said said that uh, beforehand. Um, I think he's the best pure rusher on the team. I think DeAndre Swift brings an explosive element. He brings a receiving, shifty element. Kenny Gainwell is more of a more of a third down receiving type back. I think best pure rusher on the team is uh, Rashad Penny. But for me, it really comes down to health, right? So Rashad Penny, DeAndre Swift have both had injury problems throughout their career. DeAndre Swift was a second round pick. You know, he was an All American running back at Georgia. He's going to be. Or he is a talented running back. It all just depends on health and if his mind's in it and if he puts in the work and if he picks up the system, right? Right. So that, that that's my thing for uh for me. But what's interesting is we ran a, a poll on Twitter. Um, shout out to Twitter real quick at Sunday Birds Pod. DeAndre Swift won the poll. Forty eight point six percent of people think he leads the Eagles in rushing this year. Thirty two point four for a shot, Penny. Sixteen percent for Kenny Gainwell. Other got 2.7%. So I don't know who I don't know if they're thinking about the quarterback there. I don't know if they think you know they're gonna make a midseason acquisition. But Twitter seems to think DeAndre Swift's gonna be the guy. What do you
0: think? Um, well, you know, I think as far as guys that are with who you have on the roster, who who do I think is the most talented is obviously DeAndre Swift. He possesses the home run hitting ability that you kind of look for out of your bell cow back, out of your number one back. Um, you know, a guy that you hope can get out into space. I also think he brings an element of the receiving game, uh, something that's been missing from this Eagles team. Um, you know, we, we haven't really been able to execute screens out of the backfield all that well. And I I think having a guy like Swift, who's great in space, um, you know, kind of gives you the opportunity to, to add one more wrinkle to your offense, um, But, you know, I I kind of agree with you. I think Rashad Penny is going to be your day one starter, even though I think these guys are probably going to be pretty even at the end of the season when it comes to snap count.
1: Yeah, I I think there might be one thing we're overlooking, and I think you kind of brought it up with the receiving aspect is maybe it's not who leads the team in rushing. It's who who leads the team in overall yards out of the backfield, right? Because I look at guys like Austin Eckler, who had 100 catches last year, right? Big part of the game plan. Um, I look at a guy like Jarek McKinnon on Kansas City who had almost 10, I think he had nine, maybe he had 10. Don't quote me on that receiving touchdowns last year, right? Like a huge part in the passing game. So maybe that's something that they look to incorporate a little more. I'd like to see that. Uh, we saw a couple years ago with Miles Sanders being utilized in like those wheel routes out of the backfield, but there's so much more, right? There's option routes and just you know. Having them line up at running back and then motioning them out, getting a mismatch on a guy, right? And I think that's something DeAndre Swift can do a really great job of. Um, but again, him and Rashad Penny are both extremely talented backs. It, it's never about whether or not they can produce; it's about whether or not they can stay on the field to produce.
0: So it's funny you mentioned, um, you know, the possibility of maybe uh, motioning him out into the uh, into the slot or something like that. You know, getting them some uh, some wide receiver touches or, or even just having them, you know, play that kind of a decoy role. Um, I think there's also a possibility to see a lot of split backfield, something you don't really see a whole lot of in the in the league today. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that I think would again add another look to this complicated offense, give defenses something else that they maybe have to honor. Um, but back to your point about possibly moving him out into the slot, um, you know, via motions and stuff like that. I think a lot of that depends on how you view the wide receiver core, how you feel about the third wide receiver position, the guys that you brought in this offseason already to, to try and push Quez Watkins and, and compete for that job, um, and maybe guys that we'll talk about later on in this episode, like DeAndre Hopkins, that could take that role. Um, at the end of the day, it's a very talented offense. There's only so many touches to go around. Um, and we'll just have to see You know what kind of a role that they – Think that Swift can fulfill um, but like I said I think him and Penny should be pretty close when it comes to when it comes to touches by the end of the year provided both of them stay healthy um, that's obviously a big question mark with Rashad Penny I would say more so than Swift um, Swift mm-hmm. while he well he doesn't he hasn't played a whole lot in recent years it's more so snap count that's been down than uh, him dressing for games he still dresses for games uh, I think he gets more beat up. I would say yeah, rather yeah. than injured.
1: Yeah. The, the, the little nagging hamstring injuries. It's, I don't question that he'll be active and be available. It's just whether or not he's going to be a hundred percent and be able to make explosive plays. Um, let me throw out a name for you though. Right. A little bit of a sleeper. You know, if, if Penny gets hurt, if Swift gets hurt, you know, they might be looking for some stuff. What do you feel about Trey sermon? Do you think there's any chance he might blossom into a player this year? You know, Penny and Swift go down. He's still around. You know, he's still on the practice squad. He's going to be with the team in camp. Is there any way that he could
0: uh, maybe break through be a surprise candidate? Well, there's one thing you got to remember. You still have two guys on the roster that have been here and done well for this team with Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. You really mm-hmm. saw Kenny Gainwell start to come on strong in the playoffs last year um, while Miles Sanders kind of fell to the back. Uh, I almost want to say as soon as Sanders strapped that, ri- uh, that knee brace on, is when you really start yep. to see Kenny Gainwell get featured in the offense.
1: Yeah, I I know Scott's still there. I know Gainwell's still there. Just trying to throw a little bit of an off the wall pick. You know, I just feel like sometimes there's stuff that happens. He's a guy who's you know he's on the Niners, got cut. Now he's on the Eagles. He's he's been with the team for a little bit now. You know, so it's not like he's new to the system or whatever. But just throwing a little bit of a curveball. Maybe that's what that two point seven percent on Twitter was thinking. Maybe they thought Trey Sermon was going to come in or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't think anybody thinks Trey Sermon's going to come in, maybe, except for you. Um, I don't think he's going to come in. I'm just throwing out a, dar- a dart ball. <laughs> Not a dart ball. What's it called? Dark horse? Yeah, dark horse. Dark horse. Dark ball, fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you see why we call him Kyle Not-So-Sharp, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Um, All right, so got, you got anything else on the backfield, or are we ready to talk D-Hop?
1: I'm ready to talk D-Hop. I think the backfield, it's, it's kind of going to be just a wait-and-see-and-take-it-as-you-go type thing.
0: Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, you, you kind of touched on it. I think a lot of it depends on how quick these two guys can pick up the offense as well. Um, it also depends on how much that offense is going to change. You saw Kenny Gamewell kind of struggle to pick up the offense um, in his first year with the Eagles. And then obviously saw him start to come on a little bit towards the end of last year. Um, you know, does the offense change a whole lot with the change of the coordinator position with Brian Johnson being elevated from quarterback coach? Um to the offensive coordinator position. We'll have to see, uh, but that's something else that, that I could definitely see playing a role there. Uh, but let's talk DeAndre Hopkins. So rumors are out there that he was going to get traded. He um, gave him permission to seek a trade. And long story short, DeAndre Hopkins is now a free agent. The Arizona Cardinals have released him. Uh, and a few weeks ago on a podcast interview, DeAndre Hopkins did give a list of five quarterbacks, that he would like to play for one of which being our very own Jalen Hurts. Um, so I guess right off the bat, uh, what, uh, what do you think about that there, Kyle? So
1: n- now that he's a free agent, I like it a lot better than when he was under contract, right? I'm just gonna say that first off because you know, if you're trading assets for him, he still produced last year when he's on the field, but he's starting to get a little bit older and what have you. But if he's a free agent. You know, you don't got to trade nothing. You don't got to get rid of no assets. I I love it. The only thing that makes me nervous is I don't know what kind of contract he wants. So we were listening to NFL Network earlier and they were saying I heard them throw 16 million. I don't know if they were talking annually or what, because like I would think like a two year, 15 million dollar deal would kind of be like what I would expect. Right. You know, for at this stage in his career. So if it was something in that line, I'd be fine with it. Right. Because let's be honest. AJ and Devontae. They're good receivers, you know, great receivers, everything. But if one of those guys gets hurt, you're shit out of luck because the guys behind them, they leave a lot to be desired. So it would be good to have a little backup plan and a guy who's able to do that, you know. And I think at this stage in his career, he's proves he's a great receiver. He's a Hall of Famer more than likely by the numbers he's put up. I think he's looking for that Super Bowl. He's looking for that, that, that little thing on the finger.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I think the ring would be something that would put him over the top, Uh, you know, really cement him as a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, I think he's a Hall of Famer, no doubt, at the way it sits right now, the way that, you know, his resume kind of shakes out throughout his career. Um, first ballot,
1: though, yeah? You think there's a shot?
0: If he if he gets a Super Bowl, I think he's got a shot.
1: Okay. All right.
0: Um, You know, there was a solid three-year period there where he was the best wide receiver oh, yeah. in the league. Oh, yeah, without a doubt how much of that can you attribute to Antonio Brown going crazy? I don't know, but just something to think about. Um, (laughs) That's another topic. (laughs) Yeah. You ain't kidding. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. I would love the move. There's a couple of things that make me hesitate. One, you mentioned, you know, we got NFL network on in the background here. Um, They mentioned, you know, the, the 16 million. Now to me, that's a leak from his agent. That's a leak from his team trying to get the most amount of money that they can.
1: Okay, makes sense.
0: Um, you know, you, you can always kind of look at these things and, and figure out what side they're coming from. And and I, I really think that this one here is coming from the player side. Um, I think it's, it's them just trying to get the most amount of money that they can. Um, but, you know, I think for the right team and the right situation, I could definitely see DeAndre Hopkins taking less money um you know maybe to come to a, a well-rounded team like the eagles um uh, another well-rounded team that he could possibly go to would be uh you know the buffalo bills yeah yeah that that, that would be probably my number one spot for him
1: uh just because outside of digs like they have even less than the eagles have you know the eagles at least have two really good receivers outside of digs they have nothing gabe davis i think is overrated and he's been going to the last year of his
0: contract as well So I didn't think touches would play that big into this until I found out today that the new agent that DeAndre Hopkins just hired just so happens to represent Devontae Smith as well. So to me, I felt in the beginning when all this first went down that DeAndre Hopkins was just looking to win a ring. He wanted to be a part of something great, something that we could do here in Philadelphia. But... That was before I found out his new agent represented Devontae Smith. Now all of a sudden, touches matter. You know, originally I thought, oh, he's not going to worry about touches too much. He's going to be happy to go along for the ride. You know, let Devontae and, and AJ and Dallas get, get their touches and, and you know, kind of get him where he fits in. Now the fact that these two guys share an agent leads me to believe that he might be better off going to a place like Buffalo I think his agent would would push him kind of more that direction just to see to it that he doesn't take any touches away from her other client Devontae Smith who's working towards his first big ticket contract
1: so a a buddy in work brought that up you know is Devontae Smith gonna want DeAndre Hopkins to come in because he's due up for a contract he's going into the third year of his deal if I'm not mistaken so he's still got his third year his fourth year and then his fifth year team option so I mean, I'm sure he's thinking about the paycheck and he's going to get paid when his time's up. But I, th- I still think that's a little bit down the road where if they got a DeAndre Hopkins deal, they can sign him to a two, three-year deal and they can work him off the books by the time if they wanted to overpay him and overcompensate him to get him a little bit, they could work him off the books by the time Devontae's up for a contract.
0: Right. So so you're bringing it up from the, from the perspective of Devontae. I'm bringing it up from Devontae's agent's point of view. Okay. The agent's always thinking two, three seasons out. It's their job. That's what they're paid to do. That's why they get the percentage from the player contract. Um, You know, Devontae Smith pays this person to look out for his best interest. And that very well might include pushing a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, maybe away from the Eagles and to the Buffalo Bills or, say, another team, maybe somebody else that he may or may not have mentioned, like, I don't know, the Baltimore Ravens.
1: Maybe. Um let me ask you this. Let's say DeAndre Hopkins in the next couple of days, next couple of weeks, he signs with the Eagles before camp starts, right? I feel like sometimes these older receivers, um, when they're like kind of – they've their career is pretty solidified. I think I know where you're going with this. And he – like, you know, they, they kind of linger into the beginning of the season and camp sometimes or whatever before they sign. But let's say he does sign now. What do the numbers look like between Hopkins, AJ, and Devontae? Break it down for me because both of the Devontae and AJ had a thousand yards. AJ, um, or not AJ, excuse me, AJ set franchise records in, I think, receiving yards, if I'm not mistaken. Devontae had 100 catches. So there's a lot of production there, right? So if D Hop comes in, some of that's going to be funneled out somewhere. I think D Hop's definitely going to be the third guy. But he's still going to get. We got to remember, he's still got Dallas Goddard, also. E- exactly. And he missed, you know, what it was it, six weeks uh, last year? So, he, I mean, he's going to get his. Everybody's still going to get theirs, right? They might get a little less, but what kind of season could we expect from D Hop in terms of production? And who loses the most
0: production of the guys that are already here? Well, I think there's no question. Quez Watkins would be the guy losing out the most. Oh, yeah. He'd probably be gone. But I'm, I'm going to out of, I'm out of your, the big guys. out of your big three. Yeah. I think out of your big three, it would probably be Devontae. Yeah. I mean that, that that's what I, I would think. I think because they're similar players and that they're both excellent route runners, good possession guys. Um, yeah, I think they're just very similar players. And you know, obviously AJ's gonna get those long balls and you know, he's gonna have those fifteen yard slants turn into eighty yard plays and you know, <laughs> things like that. And you know, another thing is this offense is very unpredictable you know, as far as who's going to go off week to week. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. we saw it all last year. It seemed like every game there was one guy that had like a really, really hot game and, and kind of carried the team to the win. There wasn't too many games where you saw AJ and Devante post like a similar kind of stat line. It was almost like one had 200 and one had 50 yards. And it was never like, Hey, we both got a buck 50.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree with you. I think Devontae's production will be cut in. To the most, what would be interesting for me is he started the season pretty slow. He kind of took off once they moved him more towards the slot. I mean, he played everywhere, but he played a lot more in the slot, and then that's kind of when he went off and started playing better. So I'd be interested to see if they just leave D Hop outside and they leave him in the slot, and his numbers may not be affected. Then I, I don't know how that would play in a, or play out. But that leads me to bring up something else: is you you kind of touched on it earlier, new offensive coordinator. Um, and how much is the system going to change, right? So, like, I, I look at a team like the Bills, right? When they went from, you know, who's the ball guy that's the head coach in the Giants? I'm drawing a blank. Dayball. Yeah, yeah. When they lost Dayball, you know, there was questions of how I was going to do. It. And Dorsey kind of slid right in there, and you know, there's a minor tweaks here and there, but he kind of kept the same overall philosophy. I mean, I would assume the same thing
0: would happen here, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, especially because. Brian Johnson does have such a close relationship with Jalen Hurts now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's going to be a lot of, it's not like he's hey, a kind from of a system, system, you know, benefits you. What, what, what fits you? How can we tailor the offense, you know, to your skill Um and, and I think just in general, I don't think he'd be here if he didn't share a similar offensive philosophy to to the head coach and Nick Sirianni.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is a guy that's been in the system, you know, he's not, he's not coming from somewhere else. He's been with the team. He's got, you know, probably same roots, but, that was just something that we haven't talked about. I was kind of curious your perspective on because you know, that, that's a big thing, right? You know, because everybody wants to put their stamp on the offense. They want to change things because, you know, you forget this is his career, right? If yep. he does good enough, you know, he might be, you know, he's playing he for head coach. He's the coaching, next guy you know? getting a head coach job Exactly, exactly. So this is a big deal for him. And he doesn't want to just, you know, like he, he wants to leave his print for sure. So I, I was just curious on that. But as for D-Hop, I think it would be a good fit. And he's definitely, I think the Eagles are on the short list of teams. But, I mean, I'm telling you, dude, God forbid, AJ's had hamstring problems and other whatchamacallit little issues, the soft tissue tissue injuries that can just be a bitch sometimes. So I I think some
0: depth would go a long way for him. Well, and I think think you're touching on something pretty important there, is that you can't have too much depth at the wide receiver position, and I think we learned that from the Rams a few years ago. I mean, I remember we were all sitting there going, why the hell did they need Odell Beckham? Mm Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Robert Woods goes down and, wow, good thing they got Odell Beckham.
1: Yeah. You, you can never have enough playmakers, you know, especially in a league that's offensive. You got to get your
0: quarterback weapons. Absolutely. Um, now one thing this. I'm curious about, I kind of want to go back to the, the discussion earlier about, you know, touches and, you know, cutting into, you know, who's getting what and when. Um, what the hell was I going to say? a oh. brain fart. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> Team philosophy is that we passed uh we pass the score. We run the win.
1: Yeah. I, and I like that
0: philosophy. I've never heard that before. I like that. I do also, especially now, in today's with league, this potent of an offense, I think they're going to find themselves up in a lot of games early. We kind of saw that last year. That's partially why we let, uh, why we had such a, a vicious rushing attack, you know, addition to the offensive line and, and the talent at the running back position. But, you know, ultimately, I mean, we were just in a position to run the ball because we got out to such big leads early. Um, and it makes you kind of wonder if if that's gonna eat into some of the touches as well, especially if you had a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, this this would be an extremely potent offense. It's already one of the best in the league. And I think you could I think it would only get better with a guy like DeAndre Hopkins.
1: So I'm actually gonna take the opposite approach to what you said, and I think they're gonna be up a lot. I think they're gonna win a lot of games again this year. But their schedule is a lot tougher, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But I think some of the teams are playing have better offenses, and I think that's going to lead to some more high-score games. I still think they're going to be up, but I think they're going to have to keep their foot on the gas longer and throw more, which also leads me to think that Jalen Hurts is going to break uh, you know, his personal record in passing yards. I think he's going to set a new career high. So, yeah, their numbers will be affected, but maybe
0: not possibly by as much as we think. That's true, and I think you'll. I think you're gonna see maybe the ball come out of Jalen Hurts' hands as much in the run game this year as well, uh, which may lead them uh, to lean a little bit more on the pass and some of those RPO situations.
1: You, you got me thinking. Later, I'm gonna have to log on a FanDuel see what uh good old Jalen's season uh, yards uh, prop is because the more I'm thinking about it, you know what the what's the opponents they got? They're gonna be some high scoring slugfest,
0: I think. Absolutely. So you're mentioning uh, you're mentioning gambling and we have our own little personal wager that we got to get to tonight here. Uh, we're going to go through the schedule. We're going to do our wins and losses. And there is a small wager of $50 between us to see who gets closest to the win total by the end of the year. So I guess we can bring this back. All right, for some reason the sound isn't playing. Um, So we'll bring back our Not-So-Sharp Picks of the Week segment as we go through the Eagles schedule for 2023-2024, starting with Week 1. We got Week 1 at the New England Patriots. It's a 425 game. You can see it on CBS. Uh, Interesting part about this game is Tom Brady will be back in the building at Foxborough. Uh, They'll be honoring him. Before the game, I believe, so you know the Patriots are going to be at their best at home week one to start the season here against the Eagles.
1: So real quickly, before we get into the you know the schedule, I just want to talk about how crazy it is that the Eagles aren't playing on opening night versus the Chiefs. I mean, how many times do you see the two teams that played off in the Super Bowl face each other and they're not on the opening night? I just think that's crazy. That's really disrespectful. I mean, do you really think the Lions are going to be that much better of an opponent on opening night? Like that was just crazy to me when I saw that. So I just wanted to put that in there first and foremost.
0: No, I hear you. So someone brought this up to me earlier, um, earlier in the week, and and I was kind of thinking, um, you know, you do see it a lot. You see the the Super Bowl winner and the Super Bowl runner up play play each other a lot in Week One, typically. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to wonder if they're kind of pushing it to later in the season as they are, which which you'll see as we get deeper in here. Um, we'll be playing the Chiefs uh, in week 11. You got to wonder if they're pushing it later in the season maybe to kind of drive some viewership a little bit later on in the season because you know everybody's going to be tuning in week one. The NFL knows that they own television that week. Yeah, you, you had brought that up to
1: me before, and I think I think you got a good point there. It's just, I don't know, maybe they're always finding ways to improve their marketing and you know they're gonna get the best bang for their buck they can, but it's just something that's not normal
0: or precedented.
1: So I just thought that was kind of crazy, but
0: right. But I do think Eagles and Patriots is gonna be a great game to open up with. Um there's there's definitely some storyline there, especially with Tom Brady being in the building.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think I think that'll help
0: for viewership also.
1: New England is gonna be a tough opponent. I think they always are. I, I don't think they're a playoff team. I, I, they might finish in their division now this year, which is crazy to say because they own the division for so many years. But they're going to be a tough opponent regardless, um, and especially, you know, honoring Tom Brady. That, that could be a, a game where they lose potentially early on in the year. But I think the Eagles will come out by field goal and win a tough one.
0: All right. He's got score predictions too. Look at that. (laughs) Uh, Real quick before I give uh, my pick, we got Wade checking in over on Facebook. He says the loser in the bet should get a Dallas tattoo. And uh, that's how I feel about that. Ain't neither one of us getting a damn Dallas tattoo. You can forget about that. As for week one, I got your team, your town, your Philadelphia Eagles marching up to Boston and taking down the New England Patriots. Got to wonder, will Tom Brady shake the winning quarterback's hand this time? (laughs) Uh, So we each got a dub on week one. Moving along, week two, short week right off the bat, Thursday night football against the Minnesota Vikings. You can get that on Prime Video. It is the Eagles' home opener.
1: Yeah, so I got them winning the home opener, right? Um, Rematch from last year's game. Minnesota won so many close games, right? Like, you got to be able to win close games in the NFL to be a good team. But you don't want to win every single game close because then at some point your luck's going to run out. And they will won too many games um, in close fest.
0: And I think the Eagles are going to win this one. I don't know if it's going to be close or not, but they're going to win it. Well, we talked about it last season, and I'll bring it up again. Primetime Kirk Cousins is certainly real. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the Eagles have owned the Minnesota Vikings in recent memory, going back to 2017, I can't help but feel like this is going to be another uh, another trouncing of the Vikings in primetime at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, so, so far we are both... At 2-0 to start the season, we move on to week three on the road in Tampa Bay against the Buccaneers. Prime time Monday night football. You can find that one over on ABC. eagles Bucks. If it was the Bucks of old, I'd say that's a tough game. Um, they still got some great offensive weapons down there, but they do have a major question mark at the quarterback position with one Baker mayfield yeah i mean that, that's a, a major question mark
1: right quarterback's most important position on the field and that's obviously going to be the biggest question mark of their season right i think tom brady's as great as he is he struggled at some points last year right and they're returning a lot of players on that team like the like a lot of players are returning so like the big thing is the quarterback so if baker plays good they might actually improve from what they were last year surprisingly enough replacing Tom Brady and the team improves. like how crazy is that? But nonetheless, earlier on in the season, they're going to be figuring out what works for that offense, what Baker's good at, what he's not. Um, And that's why I got the Eagles winning that one.
0: Yeah. I think you bring up a good point there that, you know, they're going to be still trying to come into their own there. You know, the fact that you got Monday night coming off of a Thursday night, you'll have plenty of time to get ready Um, flying down to Tampa Bay. That should be nice, you know, nice warm weather there in September. Uh, I'm with you. I, I think it's going to be a win for the Eagles. I think it might be a little closer than some people think. Um, like I said, j- just because, you know, with all that talent, I mean, you know, Jameis Winston won games in Tampa too. I mean.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true.
0: Just um, just with that talent at receiver, that, that's kind of the only thing that, that really concerns you there. Um, so, so far we are both 3-0 and to start the season. Let's move on to week four, first divisional opponent, we are home at 1 o'clock against the Washington Commanders. 1 p.m. You can get that game on Fox Week 4. Eagles, Commanders, throw it over to you, Kyle. What do you got for that game?
1: I got, I got another W starting out 4-0. Uh, Commanders, again, I, I like their roster. I think they got some actually talented pieces there, but most important position, the quarterback position, They just they don't seem to prioritize it. I don't get it. It's been like that for a couple years now. And again, they're just not taking it uh seriously enough. And I think that's why the Eagles are gonna win.
0: Yeah, I mean, you gotta wonder if if maybe their their outlook on the quarterback position changed, you know, due to a guy like you know, RG3.
1: I mean it all maybe. seemed to change
0: after that. I mean, they invested the number two overall pick in RG three. You know, he gets hurt, I believe, in his second season after winning mm-hmm. rookie of the year, and then right after that they they luck into Kirk Cousins somehow um, in the late rounds, and they refused to pay him no matter how many games he won, no matter how much he yelled at reporters and then asked them if they liked it.
1: Oh, I liked that. Let me tell you, that's my favorite uh, a gift to use. So let me tell you that.
0: Yeah, um, but they, they never paid him, right? Um, so you got to wonder. I mean, I kind of think that contributes a lot to their devaluing of the position.
1: maybe, I mean, quarterbacks whiff on or franchises whiff on quarterbacks all the time. It's just it's the nature of how things are. You kind of got to take your your lumps and then move on and try to get the right one next time. So just to completely stop prioritizing, it sounds like kind of crazy to me. But nonetheless, whatever it is, it's been an issue for them for a couple of years. As much as I personally love watching Taylor Heineke and his passion for the game. He's just he's not a guy that's going to carry you to where you want to be at the end of the year.
0: No, I agree. Um, and, you know, again, for that reason, I, I got the Eagles starting off. Uh, We're
1: at 4-0. Yeah, 4-0, both of us.
0: 4-0 across the board. Should be a nice start here. All right, we got week five. We got Sunday, four o five. You can get that one on Fox. We got the Eagles on the road in Los Angeles to face the not-so-scary anymore Rams. Uh, so
1: I got a surprising upset here. I'm going to take the Rams. Um, I feel like every year, I mean, last year it didn't happen, but every year, you know, no matter how good your team is at some point in the season, you're going to lose to a team that you just have no business losing to. You're in a tough game. Your team comes out slow or the other team just comes out ready to play because they probably don't have, won't have anything to play for all year. So whatever reason it happens every year, I think week one might be a, a spot where a surprise upset, but I feel like that's too easy. So just for the fact that I think they're going to get upset at some point in the year, I'm going to pick this spot. And I'm going to take the Rams, giving
0: them their first L on the year. So from my perspective, we own the Rams in L.A. We own the Chargers in L.A. We own L.A. Eagles fans travel well, and I think they're going to travel out to this game as well. We got week five. It's going to be nice and you know warm out there as we're getting into October out there in Los Angeles. Nice trip to take. I think the Eagles fans travel well. I think we take over that stadium. And more importantly, I think we take over the scoreboard as I got them coming out with a 5-0 and o start. Kyle, 4-1. and one. Yeah, no
1: surprise and upset there.
0: <laughs> telling you. All right, let's move it along here. We got week six on the road again. Back-to-back road games, 425 game you can find on Fox. Philadelphia Eagles take on the now better at the quarterback position with the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers, New York Jets. Uh, I'm just going to come right out and say it here. I, I I got this as a bit of an upset. I got the Jets winning this one, I think. Week six, they're going to kind of start to come into their own here with their new quarterback and some of their new weapons. I think they're going to start to kind of put everything together, and uh, I think they're at home. Jets fans finally have something to cheer about with Rodgers at the quarterback position. I, I think that's going to be a tough building to play in this year.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, that, and that's going to be a really good game right there. Um, but ultimately, I'm, I'm not going to take them to lose two in a row quite yet. I think they're going a little bit of a skid later on. But I'm going to have them winning a close one on the road. All right. How close? Oh, a field goal game.
0: It's Kyle says, look to hear Merrill Reese in week six. All right. Week seven, we got the Miami Dolphins back at home prime time. 8 o'clock, you can get that, obviously, on NBC Sunday night football. Miami Dolphins, I think they're going to be a tough little team this year, depending on if Tua is still around in week seven.
1: Still around. I assume you mean injury because he's, he's always got a concussion or a finger or something. Um, I'm going to have them losing this. Uh, <coughs> again, like, like you said, my, Miami's going to a good team. In probably the best division in football. And I, I think the Eagles are going to have a hell of a time slowing down Tyreek and Waddle. I mean, no disrespect to the Eagles' core, but that might just be better at the receiver position. Might. I mean, they, they are so fast, it's crazy. But I'm going to have a
0: high-scoring affair with the Eagles losing. All right, Kyle's got them dropping another one. Two losses already. Oh, I think you're back at home. You're back in front of the home fans. Sunday night football doesn't get any better than that um you know, you mentioned Waddle and Hill but they really don't have much else on the offensive side of the ball that scares me no no they don't and I think with Bradbury and Slay you'll be able to lock in on those two guys um you know even be able to throw a little bit more safety help over the top at them especially with Tyree Hill uh, you know you're gonna you're probably gonna see a lot of a uh, lot of deep shell coverage in that game uh you know a lot of I hate to say, because you guys know how much I love press coverage, but I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of press coverage in that game. That's certainly a great one-two punch at, at the wide receiver position. Can't press Reek, man. But man, I'm telling you, I, I just don't see them dropping that game at home in front of the in front of the home fans. All right, so we got six and one and five and two, six and one, baby. I like it. I like it. All right, moving on up, we got. The Washington Commanders once again. So, real quick, you know something weird about this schedule: we knock out all of our divisional opponents before we play the next divisional opponent. So we play all of our games against Washington, then we play all of our games against Dallas, then we play all of our games against the Giants. It's very weird. Like I, I, I don't really like it because I feel like I don't know. I feel like there's divisional games they seem to be a lot more special when they're spaced out, you know, beginning, end of the year, maybe one in the middle, you know, something like that, mm-hmm. where you kind of you get a chance to see two different iterations of that team, you know, maybe maybe one of them struggling early on or they have a you know a hurt player coming out of training camp and you know towards the end of the year they're they're pushing on for a playoff spot. You know, it's I think it makes for better football and and better drama really if you split it up a little bit but i obviously don't write the schedules um so we are on the road here week eight at the washington commanders if you're going to that game bring a poncho in case any of the pipes burst above your head there at fedex field what do you got for this one kyle
1: yeah so unfortunately i have another loss for the birds um i just feel like it's destined that they'll split with dallas and split with washington And I had them losing in the first game, so I feel like they're going to take this one. Or I had them winning in the first game, so I I feel like they're just destined to lose this
0: one. All right. Um, I think they're going to take this one. Just just straight up, I I think we're a better team. Um, You know, I think, again, Washington just doesn't have the quarterback. And to be honest with you, they they really don't scare me much either. You know, they got some solid receivers. That's cool, but – I don't really feel that great about their running backs. I don't feel that great about their tight ends. And I certainly don't feel great about whoever's going to be delivering to the ball to any of them.
1: Yeah, no, I, I I, can't argue with that. And again, they should win both games versus them,
0: but division opponent, I just feel like they always drop one. Absolutely. Speaking of which uh, the next week, we got the Dallas Cowboys at home week nine. Um, that's going to be a loss for me. Um, I feel like we always split with Dallas. Dallas, and for some reason, I feel like more often than not, we split road and road. Yeah, so I, I
1: got a loss as well. Um, I, three in a row, super tough schedule. I got them reeling a little bit before the bye. Um, again, I agree with you. They're always going to split, and I, I think this is the game they dropped to them. All right.
0: So you, you said it right there. We got week 10. We got the bye. uh Week 11. We finally get to play Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs on the road in Arrowhead. That's going to be uh, Monday Night Football. You can get that one on ESPN or ABC. Whew. It's going to be a tough one, man.
1: So I really like what they do with the schedule here, right? I like how they have out of the bye, they have their toughest couple games coming up. They put them in Arrowhead, rematch of the Super Bowl. And they're going to play the Bills. I forget if that's away or home, but tough game. And then they're going to have San Fran come to Philly for a rematch of the Conference Championship game. So I, I really love how that played
0: out right there. And, and even Dallas to you know to lead it off before the bye. You know, that's that's not going to be an easy game there. Well, either. Yeah, I mean I, I think these three games of
1: the the Chiefs, Bills, San Fran, Dallas. I mean just take the buyout. That's the toughest four games. Then when you Look further than that, you know, they have four tough games by and then four super tough games. I mean, that's just that nine week stretch, you know, with the buy right in the middle. It's just absolutely hell. Yeah, it's definitely a first place schedule. There's no doubt about that. Um, But nonetheless, I I have them beating the Chiefs in Arrowhead. There's no way they're going to let that Super Bowl go. I mean, they're going to come out real before
0: the buy, correct themselves, and they're going to get a big win on the road here. All right. So I got him dropping this one. I think it's just going to be a tough game. Straight up. I mean, it's it's Patrick Mahomes. You know, I hate to say it. You guys know yeah. I'm a Jalen Hurts guy, but Mahomes is the better quarterback. And, um, you know, Kansas City's another team that, that D Hop seems to be eyeing up. And uh, they could certainly use his services at the wide receiver position. You can't tell me he's not going to be an upgrade over a guy like a Darius Tony. Um, mm-hmm. And, I'm a big Tony guy, by the way. I absolutely. really believe in his talent. And Pat Mahomes is one of the guys that D Hop mentioned that he'd like to play for. Um, you know, I, obviously this is going to change a lot depending on, you know, if he goes there or not. Um, but at the end of the day, that Chiefs' offense is just scary. And and their defense, I mean, you saw last year Steve Spagnolo ha- had the answer to the Eagles defense. Something that teams had been searching for all season long. Um, he was just able to he was just able to, to hold us, you know, and, and obviously nobody's going to hold you scoreless or you know shut down this Eagles' offense, but he was able to find a way to get his defense to do just enough to keep their offense in the game at the last minute during that Super Bowl. Um, a lot of young players he had on that defense too. Yeah, wow. I just don't really have a good feeling about it. I really don't, and I don't know if Nick Sirianni's necessarily the greatest coach out of the bye either. I don't have the stats in front of me, but just based off his personality and the type of coach he is. Um, I just don't know if he's a, you know, a, a tactician on the bye week. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I, I, there's I, For me, there's not a big enough sample size. I mean, you know, we'll know in a couple of years what kind of guy he is coming out of the bye, but right. um, n- nonetheless. To we, your point,
0: though, you are going to have, you know, two full weeks to prepare for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, again, I think that's masterclass by the – I don't know whoever makes the scheduling because, you know, they have these games picked out ahead of time, but the schedule they work on during the off season. So the fact that you're the loser in the Super Bowl and you get two weeks to repair for the team you lost to, but then you're also, you're going to play the chiefs and the bills or two top five teams in the league probably. And then you're going to go play Sam Fran, who's the team that you demolished in the conference championship. So then it's going to be upper hand for them. The fact that you're coming off two really tough games. That's just a masterclass, uh, by whoever put the schedule together. Um, but talking about week 12 versus the bills right in between the chiefs and Niners game, I, I got them winning this as well. Uh, another super tough game, but
0: yeah, it's a home game. I don't see him dropping three straight here. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think the Eagles fans will be pissed off after losing to after losing to Dallas at home. Um, yeah, I, like I said, I, I just don't see him dropping that one at home that a bills, um, yeah, and you mentioned it earlier. I mean, they really don't have much offense outside of Diggs or Allen's legs that you that you worry about, right? Um, you know, their, their running game left a lot to be desired last year, and, you know, week 12, you're starting to get into the into the colder months of the schedule. Yep, yeah. It's where running the ball is at a premium, and I just don't know how much they want Josh Allen to be running the rock. No, I, I mean,
1: I agree with you, and every offseason, I feel like there's conversations off oh, he needs to run the ball less. And the colder the weather gets, he actually runs it more. Because, you know, those crunch games. Because he's the only guy that
0: can run the ball on their team.
1: No, I I hear you. I think some of it's his play style. But I agree with what you're saying to a point. But I, I see those playoff games when it's cold. And, dude, it's third and short. It's fourth and short. And, like, there's no question. He's drawing it. And he's just ramming his body into the line trying to fall forward for that first down. Um, But week 13 versus the Niners, I got a loss here. Like I said, they, they set the Niners up beautifully here with – then playing the Chiefs, then the Bills, the Niners are gonna be ready. Like, like, dude, those players are still fucking bitching. And there's no doubt in my mind they're gonna come ready to play and they're gonna upset Philly here in what's essentially a meaningless game. But the Niners, they got respect and all
0: that bullshit stuff on the line. Well, you got back to back home games here, and you know, San Fran's just another team that I feel like we own in recent years, and and I don't know, I don't know who's gonna be playing quarterback for them. Mm-hmm you know, come week 13. No, I, I, that's a a big question mark for him.
1: Whether it's Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, whatever, I think it's going to be better than essentially a non-quarterback that they had for most of that uh, conference championship game. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know, for, for that reason, I got to go with another win here. All right. Beautiful, beautiful. I think they're going to have a really good home record again this year.
1: All right. So so through 13 weeks right now, you got three losses, and I got five. But see, this this is where I changed things up because I think they got through the toughest part of their schedule. And I, I think it opens up for them, right? So I'm just gonna be brief here. I think they win the remaining of their schedule. I think they win out, right? So Dallas, they already lost one, they're not gonna lose two versus Dallas. Seattle, this should be a decent game, but they're gonna they're gonna win that. Um, then they play the Giants who they win versus typically Arizona's a dumpster fire and then the Giants again so I, I think they're gonna win out and I think they're gonna finish with five losses at 12 and five
0: all right Kyle's got them going 12 and five so like Kyle said I mean the, the back half of the schedule after the Dallas game in week 14 is a, is kind of weak here um, I have a similar view to it so I got him winning week 14 at Dallas. I mentioned it earlier, I think it's going to be a road-road split um, in our season series against the, against the Dallas Cowboys. Seattle Seahawks, I just don't know if I trust Geno Smith that much yet. Um, straight up, it's it's Geno Smith versus Jalen Hurts. I will always take Jalen Hurts against Geno Smith. Um, week 16, Giants, again, another win. Danny Dimes, Danny Nichols, whatever you want to call him got overpaid this year, and I think it's really yeah. going to hurt his team, especially because his owner is not willing to structure his contract the way that Jeffrey Lurie was willing to structure Jalen's, where it allows us to still put a solid team around him. I think Daniel Jones's contract is ultimately going to be his demise in New York um, because they're not going to be able to put a team around him because they're not willing to utilize the cash over cap loophole the way that we are. You know,
1: it's really scary for teams when – a quarterback showed you who he is for multiple years. And you still break him off anyway. And then he has a contract year and then he gets paid. I mean, you know, you talk about Gino. Gino's similar thing. He had a multiple years in the league, contract year, gets paid. Danny dimes always turnover prone, never had a great, you know, touchdown percentage. And then he gets paid, you know, after a career year. So Two guys kind of similar but somewhat different situations at the same time.
0: Absolutely. Moving on to week 17, you already mentioned it, Arizona Cardinals, dumpster fire. I definitely don't trust their head coach. You already know why. Jonathan Gannon, absolute buffoon. Glad he's gone. Would have drove him to Arizona myself. (laughs) Um, But I do got him dropping week 18. I got him dropping week 18 because we're going to have the division locked up, baby. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. And similar situation last year, and they still took care of business. I hear you. I just always lean towards a loss when you're playing second and third string guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, no I I that's probably the safe way to go. Um, so ultimately you have 13 and four. I have twelve and five. Um overall, just looking at it, the reason I haven't dropping a couple more games than what they did last year is Not because i think they're a whole lot worse i think there's a lot more question marks on the defensive side of the ball which i think you know they're gonna have to figure out as the season goes on and you know every team does for the most part but for me it's just the schedule right like last year they played probably the easiest schedule definitely one of the easiest i'm just gonna say just because right off the bat like it might have been the easiest but this year they their schedule is just so tough i mean it is it is absolutely like hell, especially that nine week stretch of those four oh, games. yeah, that middle the of the schedule. The, the real games. meat and
0: potatoes of the schedule is is an abs- it's gonna be an absolute run of games. But um I don't know. I trust the team, I trust the coaching staff. Um, I think you're gonna see more dominance. And you know, for those reasons, I I got them going uh 13 and 4.
1: 13 and
0: 4. Gentlemen's bet fifty dollars. 50 dollars lock it My in, man. baby. Here money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money.
1: Money, money, Give me that
0: money, motherfucker. I'll lock it in right now. So so if, if
1: I lose, do you want cash app or do you do you want the dollar bills? You want to feel that green? We going with 51s? Ones? 51s, ones, that's what I'm saying.
0: I'll come in here. I'll toss all around for you, too. The only thing is, if I come home with 51s, the girlfriend might think I was somewhere else. Just saying. I don't know. We'll figure it out as we go along here. Um, but that's all we got on the schedule here. Um, I do want to bring up one thing here. Um, there's a punter, a guy that I was a huge fan of in college. Shocker me talking special teams again. I know. Um, but Matt Ariza, the guy that everybody knows as the punt god. Uh, are now the guy that everybody knows for being falsely accused of sexual assault. Mm-hmm. A lot of evidence has come out recently uh, that suggests that he was completely innocent, that he was framed by this girl. Um, and straight up, we need a better punter. Straight up. Um, we were right in the middle of the league last year. I want to say we were 20th in punts inside the uh down inside the twenty yard line. And you know, I I get it. We have a a solid defense. We have a dominant offense. You trust them to win games, but you saw special teams quite possibly lose you a Super Bowl with that punt return by Kadarius Toney to the three yard line in the Super Bowl. I mean that was that was literally the nail in the coffin in that Super Bowl. Yeah. No, I I can't argue with that and it can't hurt to bring him in for a camp leg, right? Like, yeah, it's not going to cost you anything to bring him in. I certainly think he's a better kicker than Aaron Sippus. He's damn sure a better kicker than Brett Kearns, who somehow was worse than Sippus. I have no idea how. <laughs> it
1: makes you wonder, right? Like, so there's definitely no harm in bringing him in. Like, you always have a second punter in camp. Like, just like the kickers, you know, they bring in somebody, even if it's your job, they bring in somebody just for quote unquote competition. The worst thing that happens is, I don't know, he flames in practice and he just cut him, right? Like, there can only be positives from it. So, absolutely, I'm all for bringing him in and giving him a shot because, I, you know, obviously, punting's a you a know, part of the game. I'm not as big on it as you are. But, nonetheless, it's a position that you need in football. And if he's better than what you got, I
0: mean, what's stopping you, you know? Right. And for anybody that's wondering, his career-long punt is 82 yards. Eighty-two yards. I had a similar one in college, about eighty-two yards. You dropped out of college.
1: <laughs> does, it, does it? You you say I dropped out of college because? See, I'm not even like that. I would tell people I dropped out of community college because I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't even want us to think them that have them think that I was smart enough to go to regular
0: college. No man. But yeah,
1: absolutely, no, no problem with bringing them in and giving them a shot. I mean, I think you'd be foolish not to
0: yeah, yeah I, I think it makes all the sense in the world um so yeah bring in matteriza um bring him in. at least give the guy a workout see what he's got you know um he did get a workout recently with the Jets so I'm interested to see what um you know what transpires from that you know maybe do they give him a shot who knows uh but that's that's pretty much all I got on matteriza uh you got anything else for the people before we go nah man. It was another good episode good to do it Absolutely. Uh, we appreciate everybody for rocking with us live here tonight, Facebook and uh, Twitter live here. Uh, we'll catch you guys right back. Same place, same time, 7.30, two weeks from today. Inching closer. B-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles. is twenty three, twenty four. 23-24 Eagle season. Catch you guys right back here two weeks from now. Go, Birds.